Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hello, Cas. Nice being in studio. Definitely is. With us tonight, we've got uh, Mr. Eugene Mayer. Eugene, welcome. Thank you very much. Is this my wife that still calls me Mister? But thank you very much. I appreciate it. I heard something else this afternoon, but I won't mention it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad this is a family show. I was just going to ask or say that you actually taught her quite well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish my wife wanted to say Mr. Els. Um, just a, a bit of background, Eugene. Um, you've played 111 games for the Falcons, um, captained the Falcons for 90 of those 111 games from 1996 to 2000. Then you moved on, or you played for the Bulls while you were still with the Falcons. You played 11 games for the Bulls. Um, that's super rugby games. Um, 12 games for the Cats, then thereafter under Laurie uh, Mains. You played for the Lions, 18 games for the Lions, and then five games for the Pumas. You also played for the SA Barbarians. Um, tell us a bit about your your rugby career, your professional career. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, it started off, I was playing for um, RAU, uh, of course, UJ now, University of, of Johannesburg. And um, our coach then, Umkus um, Ehlers, got an opportunity to coach the then the old Eastern Transvaal, uh, Roy Davils. And uh, he took along a couple of, of, um, of students um, and uh, went over to, 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 the, to Eastern Transvaal. And I think in 97, we became the Falcons. Um, yeah, and fitted in nicely there. Um, had some high and lows there, but... Um, and, and uh, had opportunities of, uh, which I always say that, you know, there's probably a lot of players that were better than I were, but they just never got the opportunity. And then there were guys that became Springboks, which I thought were, were not as good as I was, but they got the opportunity. So, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's I think, how our sport works and that's how life works. Uh, when, you, when you're given that, maybe that one opportunity, you need to be ready to accept it and to influence it. So, yes, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's been a journey. You know, at some stage, I, I thought that I was never going to play anything um, other than club rugby. And then you get opportunity to play provincial rugby. You go to the, you go to the national um, uh, trials. Um, you then get opportunity to play super rugby. And, and yeah, so... Um, um, always be ready to to, to um, influence those um, opportunities and take those opportunities. Coming out of out of Help McCar, um school, you played. You one of four players coming out of that school: um, Cheese Fantona, Dion Kutsia, and then Willy Wippener. Um, only four players out of the out of Help McCar that actually played first class um, provincial rugby. And then two, two players coming out of that school that actually became Springboks. Um, Fritz van der Reist in 1951 and then Thijs Berger in 1980. And then one international, um, Gerd Piens, that played for, for Italy. Italy. Yeah. Um, funny enough that only two of those, of those names, out of the, the seven names, only two of them actually played schools provincial rugby out of Alpacar. 
Yeah, that is correct. I didn't. I actually didn't know that, um, and I didn't. I know didn't know about the 1951. I knew all the other guys, uh, but I, I, I was aware of of Thais Berger and uh, and Dion Kutia, the actor. Yes. Uh, he played for for Northern Transvaal and for for Transvaal. Yes. Yeah, Gert, I actually played with a year at um, at the Falcons. Uh, he was one of those kicking fullbacks. So if you get a penalty, you, you, before you could tell the ref where what you want to do, all cat was standing next to say, I want to, I want to kick, I want to kick, I want to kick. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was aware. And Chis Fontoner, his brother actually, Franz Fontoner, um, was my captain through high school. Amazing player, amazing guy. He, he, he was like an Andre Foss. Uh, they couldn't say three words without um, stuttering, you know, so it was always a long captain's uh, speech. <laughs> but you also didn't have to listen too much to France because you knew that he was going to lead with an example. Um, so, yeah, yeah, France actually also, I think he played a couple of games for for the Falcons um, when I was there, but it could be uh, that they weren't, uh, that they were just um, friendlies or something like that. Um but yes, the rest of the guys, but for the one in 1950-something, I, I, I was aware of. And then, captaining the, the Falcons, I've just seen some of the, the, the team lists, and I just highlighted a game you guys played in 2000 against the Griffins. And some of the names that came out now, in the Griffins side, um, Lucas van Bouillon and Kies Lensing, that played for the, Fal uh, for the uh, Griffins. And then your team that you captained that, that specific day, uh, Joe Estreisen, uh, Nico Wagner, Bakis Boota, um, Jaku Espach, uh, Lawrence Parker, and Etienne Boota. Quite a couple of big names, yes. that guys that, that um, became big, big names in South African rugby. Yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing with, with, um, with the Falcons and even teams like Griquas and the Pumas and all that, is, you know, you build up a, a good squad and you build up a good team for a specific year. And then, unfortunately, you just don't have the money to hold on to those guys. Yes. I think Free State is much the same situation as well. You know, they're always, always bringing through players and they're always losing their players. So I, 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 I think it was in 98 that we actually... Um, Beat Griquas in at Hofi Park, which is now I think Apsa Park or something like that, yes. and we were the first team to beat them there for a couple of, of about five years, and we just fell short uh, of of making the semi-finals that year. And then they, you know, and then you lose a Bram van Straten, and 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 we lost a lot of players. Um, and if we if you could have uh, kept those players together for three years. Um, Teams like the, the Pumas and the Falcons and all that would have uh, performed better. But unfortunately, uh, the money was just not available to, to, to keep the guys there. I think the bigger unions now in South Africa, it's a challenge because they're now losing their, their, their good players to overseas clubs. Yes. So it's, it's really, uh, South African rugby has got a lot of challenges. And uh, I hope we're going to be able to, to, to um, address them. You, you mentioned something about club rugby and that you thought you might never um, play higher than, than, than club level. Um, club rugby currently in South Africa is going through a bit of a, a low, if you can call it a low, um, and COVID didn't help that either. Do you think that there's still a place for club rugby in, in South African rugby or in rugby in, in general? And if so, what do clubs need to do to get themselves um, moving forward? 
Well, guys, I think it's, 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 you know, money makes the world go round. And I'm one of those guys who believe in a cup system because I, I, the cup system worked. You know, you, at, at this stage, you are getting contracted out of school. And there's a lot of guys who evolve after school and who just don't get the opportunity. If, you, if you're not contracted out of school or if you don't have an opportunity to play varsity cup, there's no real, real opportunities for you to prove yourself. You know, uh, when I came through the system, you played two years of under two or three years of under 20 rugby. Um, you played three, three years of, of hard club rugby, and then hopefully you made it into a a a a, um, a, a Transvaal or a province or an atoll or whatever. And then you played three years before you really became a Springbok. So when when you became a Springbok or when you became a provincial uh, player, um, you had a lot of experience behind you and you knew your own game. You know, uh, I was thinking about this today that the problem with Curry Cup rugby at the moment is that Springboks aren't playing Curry Cup rugby anymore. Yes. Uh, when I was playing club rugby, you had Springboks playing club rugby. If if it was a, a week where Transvaal didn't play, Franz Pinot played, Yapi Muller played, Chris, Chris Dirks, Henny Leroux, those guys played. I mean, take yourselves back to the to the club uh, rugby championship, yes. the Easter club rugby, which was held in Durban every year. I mean, Nas Bota, Dani Gerber, Carl Duplessis, these guys were playing club rugby. And that makes a difference um, to any rugby system. But the problem is that um, I... I, I, I I just think that money, I think the money is probably there, but it's just been challenging, channeling into the wrong um, hands or the wrong way. I mean, think about about your Springboks at this moment. The the amount of money that the Sharks are are having to pay for a Springbok, and they're not allowed to use them in a curry cup. I mean, that was the difference between the Sharks and and the Bulls. There was just a whole lot of guys out of the system because of Springbok rugby. And the Bulls, fortunately for them, they didn't have that. And every year you have this, where your, 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 your major competition, um, the Curry Cup, is now not having Springboks, where in my time you had Springboks playing club rugby. And that's the difference. And I, I, I'm, I, I don't know um, if there is an answer to it outside of money. Is money available to, to look after club players and to bring them through the system again? Eugene, if I can ask a question here then, um, while we're on the subject of the of the Curry Cup and South African rugby in specific now, as to where we are, um, we'll we'll obviously chat a little bit later about the Springboks playing overseas and that, but specifically to the, to the Curry Cup, with with you saying what you're saying, years gone by, obviously the Springboks played club rugby and the Springboks then played Curry Cup rugby. Currently. Um, the, the franchises aren't able to field their own Springboks to play in the Curry Cup like happened now. Um, do you then think, coming from, from old school rugby, if I can call it that, in your era to the, to the new modern side of it, that the Curry Cup is going to be watered down after, after a while where your top players aren't getting the opportunity to play Curry Cup? And now, obviously, the flip side to that is Many youngsters are coming through the, through the system where they're getting the opportunity. The problem therein lies that they're not playing against the best players available. Yeah. Look, I think uh, personally, and maybe it's uh, uh, 
me looking back at, at, at what we had to play against, I think I think the Curry Cup has already been watered down. I mean, I, I was thinking my first Curry Cup game, and this we all the whole Falcons team made their first Curry Cup game debut on one game. We all no one of us had any Curry Cup experience. So 15 guys make their their debut, and we were playing Free State in Bloemfontein, and the backline was Werner Swanepoel, it was Janine de Beer, it was um, Elgert Miller. Brendan Fenter, Jan Arm van Wijk, uh, Chris Badenhorst and Jorik Krier. I mean, you take those guys, uh, three or four of them with Springboks, and and, and, and you have a, a, a West Transvaal or Eastern Transvaal game uh, playing them in Bloemfontein. I mean, and then you had uh, you had Rassie Rasmus, um, Andre Fenter, um, uh, Bram Els, and these type of guys, Willy Meyer, uh, Naka Drutski. These are, these are the type of guys that you were playing against at Curry Cup level, and you were playing the next week, if you played against Shorts, you were playing against Andrews, and you were playing against uh, Andre, uh, Andre, uh, AJ Fenter, and all these guys, you know, so you always, as a, as a, as a smaller union guy, every week you were playing against Springboks, you were playing against the US Bonavestian, you were playing against the Eni, um, Eni Leroux, you were playing against Andre, Andre Hubert and these type of, of, of things and, and uh, of players, you know. And, and although it, you probably like to go to, 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 to Natal and play against uh, a weaker team, uh, it built your confidence to know that you could go to Natal. And uh, the, the, the times when we went to, to Natal, we were never demolished. In fact, the year after I, I left, uh, we beat Natal at, at, at Kings Park. Um, so, so by playing against the best, it, 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 it motivates you and it also helps you to, to, to always try and be at your best when you play against uh, these type of players. So yeah, I think I, I really do think that the, that the, um, the Curry Cup has already been watered down and you shouldn't have a Sharks team losing against a Greekos team or battling to beat a Greekos team in Durban. Um, in, in Kimberley, it's another thing, but you shouldn't be uh, have teams like that batting. And you shouldn't have, with all, all due respect, you shouldn't have a Curry Cup final where the score is 44, whatever, 10 yes. or, or whatever. Um, then it already, and, and, and if you want to, sorry, if you want to take that further, also scores are 40 all and 39, 36. Something's wrong. When, when, you, when you are good enough to put 40 points on a scoreboard, and you don't have the defensive structure um, to still win games, you know. So all those little things uh, make me a little bit nervous about um, South African rugby at the moment. Look, I can I can agree with you there 100. percent And part of me saying that is take the final of the of this year's Curry Cup out of it, the last one, because we had two Curry Cups in the same year. Um, the one that yeah. just that just concluded now two weeks ago. So take that one out. And you look at the build-up, and I agree with you 100%. Um, and I say this with utmost respect to the Pumas and all of that. Um, the bigger franchises shouldn't be struggling against them. You know, we, we normally struggle when we go to Rikwas or whatever, which is understandable because it's the same as club rugby. It's when your when faraway clubs come and play wherever else, they don't do it well, for argument's sake, but they play well. And um, there I agree with you. And I think where we are going to battle and... It's part of the Curry Cup structure that we have, is, and we'll, we'll allude to that just now when we go to the championships, um, is now our four bigger 
bigger franchises are now playing in the United Championships without their Springboks. So you can just have a look at the Sharks for argument's sake. They battled quite a bit, handsomely <laughs> in that case, against the Bulls in the final. Now they're going to go and play against Munster this weekend that is fully laden with internationals. Yes. Um, and therein is exactly what you were saying in the Curry Cup as well. You know, it, it, it's all good and well to build or to, to get your youngsters coming through and getting them game exposure and whatever. But it's like, it's like the high school boys playing against primary school boys when you go into a massive competition like that where they've got all the international players available to them. And I mean... The our, all our guys first four weeks there's no Springboks available and it's sad and I understand it's COVID the fact that I think we took 45 players with yes. but most of those players aren't playing and they're getting bags or whatever where the franchises are now suffering because of that um, and I just think you know it, 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 as I said it's good to build and get your youngsters through the system but as you rightfully said right in the beginning of your speech. Um, you thought there were there were people better than you that never made it. Then you thought there were people that aren't as good as you that made it and so forth. Sadly so, our system dictates that now, I believe. Um, in the years gone by, and I suppose to a degree now, it's um, when you select a side, it's who the coach believes in. Not necessarily the best the best player, but the coach feels that's the one that can do it or he can get a, get along better or whatever, and he just fits the mold. And that's how it goes, unfortunately. Well, we could actually take it a, a step further. Uh, you you uh, alluded to the to the Curry Cup final in I think it was in January, which, with all due respects, the Sharks chucked away. Um, but if you if you take say let, let's accept the Bulls at that stage are the best in the country because they won the Curry Cup, they go and play against an Italian team, Benetton, and they lose with 30 points. Yes. So, you know, what does that say about our rugby? And uh, probably if Benetton came to Loftus, they would have probably lost as well. But but you would want to think that a Curry Cup champion, champion can go to an Italian team and compete. Mm. And as you said, they're going to come up against Munster and they have to go to France and they have to go to, to, to Ireland and Scotland and England and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to see how these teams cope. I mean, the Bulls seem to have a, a deep pocket. So um, uh, they are buying themselves into a nice uh, situation. I don't know what the situation is with the Sharks. But the other guys are battling. You know, the Lions are having to take in some guys from the Pumas and all kinds of stuff to, to, to strengthen their squads. So, um, and uh, this this... You know, there's some games where you can read guys, and then there's other places where guys need to be bred already. Yeah. You know, if you choose a guy at 18 years old, 19 years old as a Springbok, he must be ready to play Springbok rugby. Yeah. You can't say, well, he's only 19 years old. No, he's either a Springbok or he's 19 years old. You know, he's yeah. not a Springbok. Yeah, they are against you, 100%. And it's, 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 we're, going to, we're going to probably see uh, the effects of, of Curry Cup uh, in the next, next couple of weeks. And it's just, I think, I think you need to give the, the franchises a little bit more um, power over their players, like you see in soccer, where the club says, look, I'm paying these guys. They belong to me. I, I realize that some of the guys, most of uh, suppose the whole squad, are under contract with, with Sarfa as well. But then there needs to be some other um, arrangement that 
sharks playing, paying a, a couple of bucks for whoever needs to be able to use them. And as you rightly said, um, if the guy's on tour and he's not even coming close to, to the squad, why is he on tour? Why is he not playing rugby? I mean, that's what we... I could never understand it. And I know the game is, is very physical and very tough and all that. But if you gave me the, the choice when I played... And we remember, we were playing against strong teams every week. So it was never a situation where, okay, this game we can raise five guys. But if you ask me, do I want to play? I would say, I want to play. That's why I'm a rugby player. And, and you know, you get in, you rest this game, and they have to rest four games here, and they have to do this and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the day, day the, the, the union, who's playing these guys, are not, are not using the, the, the asset. You know, it's just not fair to the union, and it's not fair to, to, to shark rugby or province rugby going to wherever without their strongest teams. I just think, Gus, as well now that Eugene's speaking of that, um, you know, that uh, we find it in club rugby as well, where if you have, <laughs> if you have the the quality and the depth and whatever, you you might rest a player every odd game or maybe bring him off off the bench on that specific game. But I going to the box side now, um, and this is exactly what you were saying now, Eugene, as well. I look at a guy like Franz Stein. Mm. Franz Stein has now not played. I don't know, caught it six weeks of yeah. rugby. I think the last was here in the, in the second test against Argentina that, that he played was here. So I think it's about four to six weeks ago. Now no, he's, coming, he's coming off the bench to play against arguably, and I'm saying arguably, um, the best team in the world. Um, you know, and, and you'll know yourself, even, even in your year compared to now, your practices aren't the same as a physical game. Um, who knows, he might have to come on with 30 minutes or 35 or 40 minutes in the game and now he has to front up against all these quality players. You're not technically, you're not match fit. Yes. Um, you're not in sync with the rest of the players as to them that has been playing. So it makes it, it you know, it's a professional era, I understand it, but I, may, I think it makes it very difficult for them. No, it does. Um, Eugene, you, you mentioned club players, we need to, to pay them and... and to secure them in South Africa. Um, I just want to talk about the youngsters leaving South Africa to go and play. And I know you've got first-hand experience, your son playing in, in Poland at the moment, um, and he just signed his second-year contract. Um, do you think we're going to see more of this, um, this exodus out of South Africa of young players and maybe younger players, not only varsity, but schoolboys leaving South Africa going to play overseas? Well, uh, it's already happening, Cass. Uh, um, you know, two years ago at the Craven Week, there was 52 of our players who were contracted to go and play in France. So that's nearly four teams. You know, you keep on taking, and that's just France, and that's just Craven Week uh, players. Now, my, my, my son, um, I, he didn't play in the Craven Week team, but he played in the second team, whatever you call them. Academy. Uh, but then you have all these other guys who are getting opportunities to play in in, in other other countries. So when he came to me and he said, Dad, I, I've got this opportunity as Poland, I said, son, you know what? Forget about the Lions and forget about the Springboks. Uh, you love playing rugby. Make this your career. You might be blessed like a Brian Abana who could play rugby for 12 years without getting injured. And you're doing something that you love. 
you might end up playing for Poland or for whoever. But don't don't let that dictate to you. Dictate to you that the fact that you're being paid for something that you love. Now, in his team alone, there are five Southern Africans. So two are from Namibia, but four of them uh, were applying their trade in, in Johannesburg. Um, every week they play against a team where there is at least one South African playing in that team. So that's just Poland. I mean, who would think, when, when he told me he, he could go to Poland, I said, Poland, do they play rugby? Now you're getting Spain, you're getting Portugal. I spoke to a friend of mine today. They are taking guys who also didn't play Craven Week and they are creating opportunities for them to go play in America and all over the show. So you, let's say you are taking out 80, 80 players out of a system, 80 young players. That's going to hurt you. Yes. Uh, you know, especially let's accept that, that 52, those 52 deserve to be at Cravenwick and they are your be- uh, and they are your best 52. So if you take 52 players out of your out of out of your um, your, your your rugby um, potential, yes. um, it's going to have an effect on on, on, on it. You know, but- we I see it. Uh, at, I last uh, two years I've been coaching under 14 rugby and I've coached under 14 rugby before. I've coached a couple of years. Um, in, in, in primary school as well. And you're already having a situation where the guys coming through, you can see they're not coached. They can't catch or, or, or pass a ball. And if they can catch a ball, they, they can't pass a ball. Now, these are guys who, who come through from, from relatively good um, rugby schools. And they're pitching up at an under 14 level and you're having to teach them how to catch a ball and to, uh, to pass the ball. And I had an interesting, when I was I played for the Cats, we actually played the Sharks in the semi-final that, that day. In the morning, uh, Umgeisi Pinar and myself, we were having breakfast, and one of the um, Cats supporters came in. He, we knew him because he always comes to our, uh, he used to come to our practices when I played. And he came and he said about his son, who's scoring a lot of tries. And Umgeisi said, but can he pass the ball? He says, no, but he's scoring tries. He says, yes. He's scoring tries now, but when he's 15 years old, right. he's going to have to be able to pass a ball. And that, that is unfortunate. You're getting it at, at primary school where the win factor is so great. So coaches are wanting to win competitions. They're wanting to win trophies. So they, they, they have three or four big players, and they, they use them without and, – and the other guys are just filling spaces, right. you know. So And these guys are, are dynamic at, at primary school – they come into the high school and at under 15 and a 16 level, they, they, they realize that, hey, we, we, we're not that strong anymore. We're not, not that, that much bigger than our opponent. And we were never taught the skills of rugby. So, you know, it's, it's a grassroots thing. And, and um, uh, it, it's coming through the schools. It's reflecting in the fact that the club rugby is not good enough. It's reflecting in the fact that, that, um, that the Curry Cup uh, is, lot, uh, is losing its... its, its um, um, whatever you call it, so you would say that that's the knock on effect that we're losing players from, from schoolboy level from Craven Week. Um, we're losing like Andre and, and, and a couple other guys in Poland now, we're losing them from varsity side, from the varsities, um, losing them going overseas. Then also, we're losing from provincial level. Um, losing guys going overseas um, and then even at, at Springbok level 
At one stage, I know Saru said that no Springbok playing outside of South Africa will be eligible for for selection, which I think was a big mistake at that that stage. But they quickly caught on and and, and rectified it because um, we would have lost quite a quite a bit. But now that knock-on effect, losing all these players, have got a massive effect on club rugby because you club rugby is the I think the biggest loser. In losing all those players, talking about Craven Week, 80 players out of the country, 80 potential Springbok players out of the country immediately. Um, so yeah. my belief is that club rugby is the biggest loser there. Yeah, you know what? And, and club rugby is probably, I always say, I think club rugby is your toughest rugby because uh, there's, there's no TV refs, there's no normally. Um, you got a ref, uh, ref, uh, refereeing, and maybe you would have a pro- pro- provincial referee on on the line or whatever. But I mean, those guys are being stamped on and they're being hit and all kinds of stuff. So club rugby makes you tough. And club rugby, it's like it's 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 like a cricketer, you know, a cricketer. Um, and we see that the whole time in, in in cricket as well. The guys are making plenty of rugby, plenty of runs locally. And as soon as they are drafted into a a, a, a Pratia team, they are battling. Because they just haven't... Or, or you take a guy like Rassi van der Dessen, who's 30-something. So he knows his game. He's gone through the mill. He knows exactly how to play the game, and he knows himself. And and I think that's what, what Club Rugby brought to a, 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 a player. It, it gave him the opportunity to know, OK, well... Um, there's just so many, so many guys you could be could be chosen at at Cravenberg level, but I still have an opportunity of bettering myself. And uh, Cravenberg gave you that two to five years to establish yourself, to know yourself, and to get yourself um, in a position where you are seen by selectors who came to the who came to the club rugby. They came to watch and say, "Well, this guy is good enough. Let's let's draft him in." But um, as I say, you know, and, and I, I just don't, I just don't think club guys should be playing rugby for for Mala. I just don't think so. It's a tough game, and it's a lot of time. And the, the way that they um, have um, elevated um, uh, Varsity Cup rugby, they they should try and, and find ways in doing that with club rugby as well. Even if it's just, I know there was at the stage that had the national competition and all that, but it wasn't the same hype that the, that the, the Varsity Cup guys had. And that's your only way into the system now is through Varsity Cup. Uh, look, I, I tend to agree with you with regards to exposure and, and whatever. I mean, in the Varsity Cup, obviously, there's a lot of exposure. Um, Varsities also recruit quite, quite cleverly in the sense that, obviously, it's part, part of that is your, your study career, and then obviously your rugby career. But I mean, a, a prime example is a guy like Louis de Jager that, that never played Craven Week and so forth. I mean, he came through the varsity system um, through the back door. Um, but just to go back yeah. to, to players leaving the country and playing abroad, um, don't you think the, the flip side of it is a positive? And I, and, but we, what I think needs to happen here, not that it doesn't happen, I don't know the system, so I mustn't say what I think needs to happen. It might be happening. Um, because a lot of your schoolboy players are identified at a young age, so they already know them and they monitor them and so forth. But if you are not contracted early in South Africa, then the boys tend to leave and go overseas like your son. Um, 
But don't you think that if Saru has a hold on them and follow up to see their progress and how they experiencing it overseas and their skill set changes and that, that part of that would actually make them better players to come back to South Africa um, to produce the goods for us. So we've got, we've got two scenarios here where we have our players in South Africa that is, that is taught the South African way and then you have players, for argument's sake, going to play in France where it's a different skill set, where they play with a lot of flair and a lot of skills and we like to bash and run over a person. So when these guys come back, and I know he's had a few off games, but you look at a guy like Faf de Klerk. I mean, Faf de Klerk was there and there about before he left South Africa. He's come back, even, even a guy like Willy LaRue. They've come back better players because they went overseas. So yes, they... They went and played overseas. It's, it's a business nowadays. You get obviously paid in pounds or dollars or euros, whatever they get, which yeah. is a lot more than South African Rand. But when they come back, they can actually bring in a different skill set. You know, so we don't lose them completely. The problem, the problem that we do have and what we do face, though, is when the youngsters leave our shores and they play, let's say, in France for four years, then they're eligible to play for that country, and then we lose them. And that, I think, is our biggest yeah. problem. I personally, as a, as a coach myself, I would love for not our players, other players to leave and come back to my club so that they can bring their skill sets and, and obviously make us a better club, if it makes sense. But, um, you know, to lose them into another national side. I mean, we've got the CJ Standers, for argument's sake, that went to play for Ireland. I mean, he would currently walk into the Springbok side in certain position as well. You know what I'm saying? So those are the ones, and I think that is the sad part. I've got no problem with them leaving to yeah. develop them, but we need to keep a tab on them. We need to watch their progress and speak to them to say, listen, we are watching you. Don't think you've gone away and we're discarding anything. We're watching you. Part of the plans, obviously, you need to, to become a Springbok. This is the level, and f let's say playing in Portugal – because it's a Portugal league or whatever, like the guys going to play in Japan now, when they're going to play in Japan, like the Valle Larousse and that, when they come back, they have to up their game to fit into where we yeah. want to play, you know. But then they know where they are at, but they know they're eligible to play for South Africa before they get selected for another country. Yeah. Look, I think you can do that, but you can, you know, unfortunately it is done on a limited basis. So it's yeah. mostly guys who have already made their name right. and who are already tagged. I, I suppose it's, it's, it's impossible for, for, for um, the rugby union to, to tag every, every player mm. who's going overseas and trying to monitor him because it's true what you say. You know, my, my, my son, uh, the one thing he complains about is he says, Dad, I would like it, like it to be a little bit more tough. Not that it's not tough, but it's... it's, 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 it's uh, it's maybe just a step step lower than than varsity cup rugby. So you, you always want to want to better yourself, you know. So I think I think they are doing that with the Springboks and um, Rassi was clever and he was fortunate in that the the rugby union allowed him to start using took over. Um, yeah. the Springboks anywhere in the world because the previous coaches didn't have that luxury. Okay. Um, so he's got that luxury, and I, and I think it's stupid not to, to use that because 100%. we just don't have. You, you think you take out those those the Springboks currently in in Australia, and you choose a Springbok team from the guys who play Curry Cup now, it's a disaster. 
know, so, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, in, in a perfect world, it would be great if you could tag every player and you could follow him and uh, you could bring him back uh, to South Africa because I think that's what the Bulls are now, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm really in agreement with it, but the Bulls are bringing back uh, Bismarck. He's already Seymour signed, he's in, a, in Ireland. In Europe. <laughs> yeah. I know, but to me, I would have, if I wanted to use Bismarck, I would have used him two years ago. I don't know if, 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 it's probably going to bring bring um, experience to the team, but you know you've already got a crop of, of, of good hookers at at the Bulls, and one of them is going to have to stand back, you know, for a guy who's who, who's had who's made his money, and uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm not too sure whether it's the right decision, but I'm supposing that going to Europe, they need guys who have been there, as you now rightly say, they they know the circumstances, they know the weather. Uh, they know the conditions, and they can come back to South Africa and um, and help the, the the current crop guys uh, getting through the system. And Gus, it's funny we're talking about um, South Africa opening the the window for the South Africans playing abroad to be eligible for for the Springboks. Um, I see Australia is also now fighting for that because they had a law that no overseas. Yes. They call it the, I uh, can't remember his name now, I forgot his name. Um, I'll get to that just now. Gitto. Matt Gitto. The, Gitto. the Matt Gitto story, yeah. Mm. So in Matt Gitto, he was allowed to go at certain mm. tests and for him to come back, and that's what they, so they're asking the rugby union to scrap that now so that all their players are making it available because they've got three players that they drafted in now. Quade Cooper is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Right, to play in the, in the championship. And they're now asking to open it. And rightfully so. I think Australia would be so much stronger if all, like South Africa, if all their players well, are available. I think that's a that's an Andy Marinos thing. Because Andy Marinos was the was yes. the champion yes. here in South Africa uh, to, yeah. to get that one scrapped. And now him being 100%. down under, and I think this be. is an Andy Marinos thing that he wants to get that thing scrapped. Because he, he knows the value of the yeah. players going 100%. overseas. And, and that you have to have them available for your national side. And, you know, you can go to New Zealand. Now, New Zealand are on the same boat. They don't, yes. they don't release their... They, they give the odd person a sabbatical yes. to come back. But you can't go and play overseas <laughs> and come back. So, but but I, think, I think the difference between New Zealand is, you know, their population is small compared to South Africa and yes. so forth. Yeah, you won't say it when you look at them. But... They are fortunate to have the South Sea Islanders around them, and they all go to yeah. school in New Zealand. So their pool is actually bigger than it looks, if it makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and the South Sea Islanders are oh, all these sure. big, brute guys. They yeah, but the make South, a difference. South Sea Island, Islanders as well, there's, there's, a, there's a loophole there for them in the, in the um, World Rugby Clause because they can play for, for Fiji or for Samoa and still play for, the, um, for New Zealand. For yeah. the All Blacks, so even though they're playing for for Fiji or for Samoa, for that matter, they're still allowed to play for the for the All Blacks as well, which, according to to World Rugby rules, is not allowed. Yeah, I think it's. It, I speak under correction. It's, it's, Depending on where they play, like the the New Zealand Maori or whatever, I don't think it's the the first national side. So if you play for Fiji's first side. The national um, side. Then uh, speak under correction, yeah, but that's yeah. something that we can actually follow up and maybe give the listeners a, a feedback on that. Yeah. So that's interesting if it is the it's case. It's just I picked up now with those last couple of games that there's, there's Fijians 
Fijian internationals that's currently in the All Black side, and oh. they played for Fiji. Oh, we'll so investigate that one. Thank you. We can we can have a look at it. <laughs> um, going going. I'd like to know myself as well because I actually thought that if you played um, international rugby for a nation, yes. you're not allowed to play for. Hundred percent. But that's why I say I just picked it up now and all the research going through it, and 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 it was just strange yeah. that they say um, it's a I can't remember the name now. Um, there was one specifically, and I almost want to say that he played for Australia now. Um, he played for Fiji, for for the Fijian national side, and he's now yeah. in the in the Australian side. Because I know in the past, you know, we had our very own uh, Strauss that played for us yeah. and Australia. Strauss, yeah. yeah, so I mean, but after Pian that, Strauss. after yeah. that, it Pian changed. Strauss, yes, um, and then um, uh, Mr. Allen as well. John Allen played John for Allen. Scotland and South he Africa in the cricket. We had Kepler vessels. Yes, but I think years gone by. I think it was probably in your in your era, Eugene, that it, that, that those laws changed already. Yes. That you couldn't play for two countries. But having said that, you look at yeah. a guy like Clyde Rathbone. So he's a South African you know, from Toti. Mm. He played SA schools. Yes. So because and SA under twenties. Yes, but because it's not seniors, he was eligible to go and play for well, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yes. You know, so I think I think maybe you are right, but maybe those players played for their uh, age groups or whatever, and then gone across. But it's something that we'll investigate. It's actually a, g- a good topic to discuss yeah. going well, we forward. Have a look at it. Okay, talking about international rugby, let's move on to the sevens, which um, I think did the green and gold proud, other than the the fifteen fifteen man game. <laughs> um, the South African seven side winning the the Canadian. Leg of the sevens, um, quarterfinal score, uh, 54 to South Africa and 5 to Spain. Semi-final, South Africa 26, Great Britain 12, which was actually a very good turnover in the second half. Um, Half-time was 12 for Great Britain and 7 for South Africa, and we won at 26-12. And then the final against Kenya, um, everybody made a big wow about Kenya um, giving South Africa... A bit of a run, and then we came out 38-5 winners in that game. Eugene, your thoughts on those? Yeah, I, I, I must say, um, sevens and uh, 2020 cricket um, <laughs> is the same to me. Uh, it's, it's just too quick for me. I'm a five-day, you know, I know five-day cricket and all that. Uh, is it the but, age thing? Uh, you, you need to you need to also take cognizance of who we beating in the quarterfinals and who we beating in the semifinals and who we playing in the final. You know uh, the Fijis and the and the and the New Zealanders and Australians and all that they weren't there. Yes. Um, but you can only uh, I suppose it's the same. I'm, I'm I'm I always say the '95 World Cup guys who did they beat to win the World Cup? They beat Australia, France, and New Zealand. The other two World Cup teams never did that. Um, so you can only beat those guys who you have to play for. But um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a good result. Um, if they probably lost, then you would say, how do they lose against those guys? So it's a it's a good result for us. Um, it'd be nice if everything just normalizes again and that uh, uh, all all the teams are available and everybody can travel. I think it must be terrible to be an international um, rugby player or, or sportsman at this stage and. Have to be in these bubbles and 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 uh, so yeah, I think it's a good win and um, um, let's let's win them all while the other guys aren't playing. 
Well, if they're not there, they don't stand a chance to win. I mean, we were there. And two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, this whole Sevens tournament, the Worldwide Sevens tournament was in jeopardy. I mean, the Cape Town Sevens have been cancelled. Yeah. Uh, Singapore yeah. has been cancelled. And, and there was rumours that it's all going to be cancelled. And at least now we've got this one in the bag. Look, one good, yeah. thing, one good thing that happened, um, and, and I agree with you, Gene. You know, uh, who wants to be a professional coach or a professional rugby player? Because you're doomed if you do well and you're doomed if you don't. Um, if you do well, like in the Springbok Sevens now, then you get exactly that. Fiji wasn't there, New Zealand wasn't there, the Aussies weren't there, and so on <laughs> and so forth. If you do lose against them, then you're just plain horrible, you know. So it, it, yeah. it, it's, it's sad, actually, and that's how it is. I mean, I look at, I look at social media and I look at how they pulling the poor Springboks and Jacques Ninamer apart and saying they're not doing well because Rassi, the water boy, isn't there and so on and so forth. You know, now the Sevens go on and the Sevens win handsomely because they did. Um, yeah. And then that's exactly that, you know. So um, not many people say it because the South Africans are, are proud of what, is, what has happened. But it's the other countries like New Zealand that will now mention, but we weren't there. Or well, Fiji, for argument's sake, yes. wasn't there. So the best teams, technically, and they're right. But from a sporting perspective, if you, if you look at the teams that were there, and, and some of it was magic. I mean, I'd say half of them at least were all the invitational sites or invitational uh, countries that were invited into the into the pools, and I mean, some of them, Great Britain was one. Obviously, there's no England and Scotland and Ireland. Uh, I think Ireland yeah. was there, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, Ireland was there. Yeah. Were they right? So that's why Great Britain is there. But you look at how well the invitational teams did. Yeah, I, I do understand. Majority of the big guns weren't there, but these guys, and it's exposure for them yet again to play in the World Series. And for those yeah. specific countries, um, they'll just get better and better. And, you know, if they do get invited to the odd World Series, wherever they're playing, um, sevens will start growing because those specific countries, players will put their hands up. Yeah. From a South African point of view, I mean, I look at the teams running and I thought, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Who's this guy? Yeah. But after the final, you have a look and you think, Wow. Is this what we have in our country? Then the top guns were, well, yeah. not all the top guns, but a lot of the top guns weren't there. But you look at some of these youngsters, that brown lighty that has come through. I mean, if you just listen to his, to his history, um, being ill and whatever, oh, he and sick, eh? where he's come from now and what he's achieved and what, then you go, wow. And, you know, <laughs> I was actually laughing. And sometimes it's nice to listen to the commentators because <laughs> the one commentator was saying, so I, I, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was, if it's at every single uh, venue in the World Series or they do it once a, a year or whatever. He says, but tradition is that they take the fastest players of all the countries playing. Now, I'm not sure if they, if they race from the 50-meter line to the try line or whatever, but let's say over 20 meters. And he says, and the box were busy playing. And he said he will put money on out of all the players that were there in, in Canada on the weekend. South Africa will win gold, silver, and bronze. That's how quick our players were. I said, yo, it's so nice to be South African. <laughs> so for the right reasons. We So at least, at least there, if we were at the Olympics, we would have taken gold, silver, and bronze. <laughs> at least. Then let's move on to the 15-man game, that one that everybody wants to talk about. Or um, not. Or not. 
Um, I see Jacques Nino went and uh, apologized to the box supporters, saying that they were overpowered and they weren't ready for the for the Australians. Um, you also mentioned that the first time since 2018 that five tries were scored against the box in one match, and it's the worst performance since 2018. Not that we played a hell of a lot of rugby since then, but it um, yeah. it was the worst performance since 2018. Um, your thoughts on, on that game, Eugene? Well, let's call it the, the last two games. Yeah, because I must say, um, I'm really battling to to watch Springbok rugby at the moment. Um, uh, you know, la, la, the previous week's game and and um, the, 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 the Lion Store and all kinds of stuff, the... the I'm just looking at these guys and I'm saying, what is the backline coach doing there? And not not criticizing the backline coach, but why what are what are the backs doing in a week while the forwards are, are practicing and scrumming on? Because we're not just we're not using them. Um and I just I just think the type of rugby it's 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 not a good advert, you know, for, for, for rugby and I and I don't I don't want to agree with a guy like um um, so Woodward, what whether the, the previous English coach that, that we're killing the game, and um, we need to to set a an advert there for for the youngsters to want to play rugby. You know, I, when I grew up, I started playing rugby because you had the Donny Gerbers and the Michael Duplessis and the Carl Duplessis and the Ray Mots and Johan Jennings, Nas Buertas and all kinds of stuff. You had those type of guys, not that that. Nas uh, <laughs> ever attacked the advantage line, but he got his backs away. And 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 rugby was associated with scoring tries and 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 and, and play and 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 being entertaining. You know, we at at at, at school we are battling now um, to get guys to play rugby because a lot of the guys are now playing playing hockey. Um, and Rossi himself was was an amazing rugby player, and and, and I don't think. Rossi, the rugby player, would have been, would have liked the type of rugby that we are playing because it's just to me. And please, here I'm not saying I'm I, I'm knowledgeable. You can come back to me and say, look, we have won the World Cup. My response will always be, I'd rather see a team like New, New Zealand playing for three years and eleven months and not winning the World Cup, than than we winning the World Cup in a month. And the type of rugby is just box kicks, box kicks, two phases, box kicks. Um, and then la last game, we tried to change it. But when you are in a specific mode, especially in a defensive mode, it's so difficult to, to change into attacking mode. I always say it's, it's much more difficult to break down a defense. So to, to playing at attacking rugby, then um, to get the defensive systems in, but the problem that the box had on Saturday is they were missing tackles, which they haven't done before. So you can have the greatest defensive lines, you can have the greatest structure. If you're missing your one-on-one -on -one tackles against those type of teams, you're going to lose. You're going to lose games more than often. Or if you're playing against a, a team who's scoring more tries in the box because they generally. Uh, work for penalties and they get their penalties and now and then they get a get a try. Now, yes, we scored three tries against Australia in the in the first test. We gave away seven penalties. That's 21 points. So that negates your three tries. 
So the first game we were we were poor on 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 um, on discipline. Um, I actually didn't didn't watch um, last week's game. I actually just saw the, the the two pieces I saw was Faf's yellow card, which I thought that if he played for me, I'd probably ban him because of of of, of the stupidity of of that yellow card. And secondly, I saw the first try, and I, I unfortunately had a 50th that I had to attend. Um, but but we've got the players, we've got the arms, we've got we've got good attacking rugby players. And I'm not saying that that throw the ball around all over. I'm not saying that you can't do it like that. You need to build pressure, but at some stage you need to use all 15 players and not just kick away balls the whole time and and having guys. Chase, chase balls because at some stage you're going to meet a team who's uh, watched you and at some stage you're going to start missing tackles and, and your, your structure is going to be placed under pressure and once that happens you need another game to fall on and, and it's, it's, it's very difficult to go from a defensive mode into attacking mode it's easier to go in the, from an attacking mode into defensive mode um, but yeah so um Yes, we are the World Cup champions, but do I like the way we play? I don't like it. Uh, I don't think that the, I, I can't. I, I think you're probably going to have ten guys writing a book after they've um, stopped playing rugby, and they're going to say how, how boring it was to be part of the Springboks. We were the World Cup champions, but rugby is not supposed to be played like that. That's my opinion. Um, um, you, you're quite welcome to sound wrong. Just want to just want to argue wrong. Just <laughs> no, only kidding. <laughs> just want to ask a question. Um, as a as obviously a previous player, yes, you didn't play Springbok rugby, but you play decent provincial rugby. Um, you look at the box now. We were obviously we didn't play for what was it, twelve or eighteen months or whatever. Then we played against Georgia. Uh, we went through to the line series. We lost the first one. We won the second, uh, the second and the third one. Obviously, going to Australia, in the back of our minds, we knew we we're going to play, well, on the on the world leader log, not the top two, but uh, call it the top two because traditionally South Africa and they are the top three nations in the world. Um, so they knew it was going to be tough. Um, I think if we had won, and I'm not talking the, the way we play or whatever, but I think if we had won yeah. the first test against the Wallabies, the second one, I won't say would have been a win for us definitely, but I think mindsets would have been different. Do you think, because we did so well against the British and Irish lines, that we could possibly have been overconfident going to Australia, knowing that we've kept the majority of our World Cup winning side? Um, we, I won't say comfortably, but it wasn't too difficult to, to beat the, the British and Irish lines, and on paper... There were some of the world's best players in that British and Irish line side compared to all the other years previously. So if you then had to go man for man, 22-man squad compared them to New Zealand and Australia, in theory, we should have easily beaten Australia knowing that they were battling and go to New Zealand and win at least one game. Do you think we were overconfident? And yes or no, irrespective to the next question is, how do you bounce back going to New Zealand and hoping to win at least one of those now being where we are? Yeah, I, as to your first question, I think it didn't help us that Australia was poor against France 
and and the fact that New Zealand um, beat them and beat them handsomely with with playing with 14 men for 20 20 minutes. So I, I I think that would have had an effect. It shouldn't have, but because traditionally we battle against Australia in in Australia. I also think it didn't help us that Quade Cooper uh, came back for the test against us um, because he's one of those 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 guys who is either very bad or he's very good, and unfortunately um, he wasn't he wasn't very bad uh, against us. So I I think yes uh, uh, we probably watched them against uh, France and we watched them against New Zealand. And thought like, look, uh, we just need to pitch up and 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 do the basic things, and we'll be successful. The problem with losing the first game is then you have to realize, so what are we going to do differently now? So suddenly, where we've been doing things the same the whole time, uh, and we were successful, suddenly we're not successful. And uh, I think what we should have actually just said to ourselves is, look, we lost the game because uh, the kicking wasn't good. Uh, Pollard missed a lot of of, of easy kicks. Willem, sir, I think you can you can give him ten shots in front of the. He'll probably miss nine. Um, so, so you it's know, that so one that we counts. They always that say <laughs> we actually lost that game because of ill discipline and because yeah. of our kicking. So yeah. it wasn't because of the game plan. Correct. So maybe if we just went into the the, the second game uh, playing the same boring rugby that we normally do. Uh, we would have probably probably won that as well, but then we started uh, mixing things up, and um, and and uh, things didn't work out for us. Um, but but as you say, you know that's that's sport. You know that's you can be the best in the world, and on a specific day, you just don't perform, and and uh, you're not successful on that day. Going to the New Zealand uh, games. Probably going to tighten up again. I think we're just going to going to play the same type of rugby that we've been playing. Um, press, get into their space, try and try and um, um, tackle from outside in and 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 uh, stop them from from taking the ball wide. Um, and you know, traditionally we we're not too bad against New Zealand. We took the fifty the one 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 year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll probably we'll probably just go back to what we're good at and and try and frustrate them. Um, I don't see us outscoring them and playing an open game and and uh, being successful that way. And in saying that, I hope they do and they prove me wrong and they score six tries and uh, and they're successful. But um, um, yeah, I, I, I said at this stage, rugby you know, South African rugby is like a good soapy. You can miss five games and you can still stand at a bry. And, and seem knowledgeable <laughs> because they probably just did the same thing again and again and again, you know. So. Well, well, the good thing about that is um, technically we're not out of the out of the championships, um, and as you say, rugby is is a is an easy game actually. So how easy this is, I don't know, but we uh, need to win both those games and not let New Zealand get a bonus point, then a championship is ours. So it's actually an easy yeah. go. One, uh, and it doesn't help that, it, 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 I mean, Australia should actually be feeling bad because uh, they've been having most of the games in their backyard. Correct. And uh, they still lost against New Zealand. So uh, we can at least say that <laughs> uh, we didn't have, a, have home games against um, Australia and uh, New Zealand. But then again, we didn't have a away game against um, 
the, the boomers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll come out um, a little bit more motivated uh, and hopefully we can disrupt um, New Zealand. But um, I, I just look at New Zealand and I, and I watch the type of rugby they play. I say, why would I want to play rugby? I want to play rugby like they do. You know, you watch a couple of weeks ago, the, the morning game was New Zealand versus Australia. And although Australia took a beating, they played good rugby. It was a nice game to watch. And then in the afternoon, you watch South Africa versus the Pumas and you say, I'm wasting my time because this is not what I want to watch. This is not something that I can bring in my under-14 players and say, look, look at how I said he's still to watch rugby. And they're going to say, look, I'd rather play a game on my on my phone or something. Like that. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's getting getting the wins right and, and, and how to play to win. But also, what's rugby about? Rugby is about scoring tries and, and, and entertainment. And if it's not going to be entertaining, it's you're going to you're going to lose ground um, with with schoolboys wanting wanting to play the game. Looking looking at the team selection, um, do you think um, Jock is going to play the same game plan? If I can just go through the team selection: uh, Vali Larue, uh, Spoon Kozi, Lukanyu Am, Damien De Lende, uh, Makazola and Pimpi. Andre Pollard, Paf de Klerk, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, Kwaga Smit, Sia Kulisi, Luit de Jager, Eben Etzebet, Frans Malerbe, Bongium Benambi, and Trevin Nyakani. Um, on the bench, we've got Malcolm Marks, Steven Kutsov, Vincent Koch, Franco Mostert, Marco van Staden, Herschel Yankees, Elton Yankees, and Franz Stein. Do you think he's going to play the same game plan again as what we've played against Australia? The first or the second test, uh, Kaz? <laughs> well, either one. Yeah, no, no. Look, look I, I think I, I think uh, choosing a, a, a guy on the bench like we've Franz Stein, who's a very direct player, so he's, he's going to be um, playing playing a direct type of rugby. I, I, I actually don't know. I like Franz. But I'm, I'm in agreement. Why leave a guy for six weeks and now you bring him back into into the mold? So um, with France, uh, you probably play the same type of rugby. But then again, choosing Quaja, you probably think well, Quaja is, is more a, a, um, a lateral play and, and, and around the park. So you might want to want to take the the, the ball wider. Uh, but you just don't know. You, you know it's. Um, we've just been playing the same type of rugby all the time, so I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be surprised if we if we play another brand of rugby, and especially as coming off two losses, we'd like to go back to something that we um, that we are um, we're confident in. Um, I, I know the um, oh, yes, who's the who's the who's the seventh flank? The the lock is now Most on the bench. Franco Mostert. Franco Mostert. Mostert. I know they're saying they're giving him a rest because I, I would start every game with Mostert because of his work rate. I'd play him yes. any, any place because uh, his work rate is just amazing. Um, but yeah, they, with choosing Quaja, they might try and do something different, but I'll be surprised if they do. Uh, just, uh, just to mention Franco Mostert quickly, my personal opinion, 
Um, I wouldn't have started last week. I'm going back a week now against the Aussies. I wouldn't have started Marvin Ori. I would have had Ori on the bench and moved Franco Moster to the lock and then maybe brought in a Quaha Smith um, 100%. in last week. 100%. Game, so. I also, that was my opinion as well. Yeah. Um, one, one, look, one thing about South Africa playing against the, the, the New Zealanders, and as Eugene was saying now, is we will always be up for that game. Doesn't matter who we play in the world, there's one team that we thrive against that we want to play against, like they do, um, and that's New Zealand. And I think this specific weekend, um, other than winning the game, they're playing in the 100th, 100th test match. So I think there's some extra spice added to it. Yeah, sure. So the box will definitely be up to it. But I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I am concerned with regards to, and it goes back to to your statement earlier with the Bulls and and Bismarck to Plessis. You know, we've taken a Franz Stein. We've taken a um, Mornay Stein. Um, they're all quality players, and we know what they've done for South African rugby. Um, Elton Yankees has, has, he's a quality player, but he's not, never really been there there at international level. Um, I, I, you know, if anything, I would have, I would have given those guys knowing that, and I can tell you probably what has happened. Our main focus, although the box will say they only take one game at a time. I think our main focus was New Zealanders because we thought Australia would be easier. But now when you lose, yeah. you're with your back to the wall, you can't start making changes and that. Your best players need to play. So I, my personal opinion is, you know, the, the France Steins and those guys should have played against Australia, um, where if they were then good enough to play against New Zealand, as, as quality players they are, but match fitness is a, is a question mark. Yeah, I mean, heaven forbid, France Stein might need to go on within 10 minutes because of injury or whatever. Yes. Um, is he going to be, I mean, he'll always back himself and he's always physical, as you said, but will he be 70, 70 minutes match fit? I mean, and, and, and you know, talking quickly about some of our quality players, I mean, we, we've had a and, and prime example of not really being match fit, a guy like Dwayne Vermeulen. I mean, he is our go-to man mm. for the last how many years at eighth yes. man. That guy hasn't played for months. So we brought him back against Australia, and as much as I love the guy and as much as he gives us front football and he's a good carrier and he's a good leader and everyone looks up to him, the Dwayne Vermeulen that we saw in the last two games is by a long shot not the Dwayne Vermeulen that we know can yes. play. And a guy like Jasper Visser, for argument's sake in this context, currently plays better than Dwayne Vermeulen does. So those are the risks that the coaches need to take. And unfortunately for the Dwayne, it hasn't worked because this poor guy hasn't played. And it's not as if we are now playing against a Georgia where you can give him time to come back into the game like they did with Sia Kalisi going into the World Cup. I mean, he only played 30 yeah. minutes and then 40 minutes and then 60 minutes. Dwayne Vermeulen has had to play basically two it's full nice. games. And you can see he's way off the pace where we know Dwayne Vermeulen can play. And hopefully... Um, because we traditionally do well when Dwayne Vermeulen does well and he stamps his authority. And hopefully it will happen yeah. on Saturday. But by, by a long shot, he's not, he's not where we know he can play. And then looking, looking at some stats, it's also against us. Um, played 99 tests against New Zealand, 136, lost 59, drew far, uh, four, sorry, points four, 1,577.4 points for us. Against us, 2,050. Thrice scored, 153. Thrice conceded, 225. Highest score, uh, 46 points. Biggest win, 
17 points. Our win percentage against New Zealand is 36%. Now, if you look at the stats, I know people say stats doesn't say, say much, and on the day it means absolutely nothing. But if you look at this, all the stats are against us. Yeah. Well, fortunately, um, <laughs> the game's not played on that board that you've got your stats on, eh? 100%. So. Definitely <laughs> not. The stat that we don't have there. Yeah, I, yes. think, I think we also have to, you know, we're not playing in New Zealand, so ah. at least it's, 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 it's not a New Zealand game either. Um, uh, so, you know, I, rugby is such a, such a game, and, and, you know, we mentioned just now that you might not be the strongest guy, um, and... Playing, playing the game, and uh, especially at 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 at, at uh, international rugby, you know, three penalties might make a difference. Um, uh, the margins are so so small, and if 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 we get our game plan right, and if we make our tackles, and if we put them under pressure, uh, you know, you can win the game nine eight, or as as you can lose twenty eight twenty six, score three tries, and still lose a game. So um, anything is possible. Um, uh, it's, so so I, 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 I'm one of those guys, I, I don't think stats don't mean anything. I, I, I think they, they're always there to spook uh, with you and say, hey, I've, I've got four ducks the last, last couple of games and whatever <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, I think the stats do, do indicate something, but I'm hoping that uh, on, the, on, the, on the day we, we do have the quality players to beat them. We're not the World yes. Cup champions for nothing. Uh, and we have the type of boring game to frustrate <laughs> them. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it, it's possible. Um, but, yeah, going on the stats, you probably, probably, and if you're a betting man, uh, you probably um, go for the, for, for the guys with the black jersey. But, but if you look at that, I mean, the one stat, and you're right, Eugene, the one stat that isn't there is to see how many times South Africa and New Zealand have played each other on neutral ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think playing playing Australia in Australia now, when we went to Australia, we already knew that we hadn't beaten them there since 2008 or 2013 or whatever yes. it was. So yeah. although stats aren't important, because if you think about it, those players that are involved there now weren't part of those stats previously, or a lot of them. So the stats shouldn't matter. But it's a psychological thing that has planted you in the back of your mind. Now you go and play New Zealand... Um, and you think, yo, look at those stats. We've only won 36%. They go, we should be beating them. So the pressure's on the other side as well now, regardless of how you look at it. But um, one thing that world the world has shown against New Zealand, and you talking about pressure and so forth, I mean, um, the Irish did that in USA, where everyone yeah. said, there's no ways they'll, they'll be able to beat New Zealand. They beat New Zealand there by pure pressure, because... I like the box now. The box aren't used to being world champions year in and year out and taking that pressure where New Zealand is used to that. New Zealand might not be used to, well, I mustn't say that, they won it three times, but traditionally they pick going into the World Cup or they just dip before that and they don't win the World Cup. But the four years leading up to that, they dominate world rugby. They know how to be champions four years on the trot. We don't. We've never been there. Yeah. Um, we've won the World Cup previously on both occasions and we've dipped the following year. So th- we're going on a similar route. One thing, though, that stats will also show you is if you put the All Blacks under tremendous pressure for 80 minutes, 
they can't handle that either because they're not used to that. The odd teams, we've done it before. Ireland has done it before. Once you get them into that bubble where they know they don't know where to go to because they're out of their comfort zone for too yeah. long a period. I mean, short periods is different because, I mean, look at them. They can trail with 15 points and 10 minutes to go. They'll back themselves to win, and more often than not, they do win. I just think if we can pressurize them with our boarding rugby and our defensive systems do work, let me tell you they're going to have to work because if we kick and their back three starts attacking and their center start operating and Barrett's coming to play, it's going to be a long afternoon if our systems don't work. But if they do work oh. and they throw the kitchen sink at us and we are within a 10 or 15 point, I mean, we'll start believing all of a sudden. Um, they'll start doubting themselves to say, well, they knew we were going to good, be good at playing against them. We've been poor leading up to that, but wait a minute. And then, you know, it's a 50-50. Then I think discipline will come back into it again to see where we are. And unfortunately, even in the British and Irish Lions series, we weren't disciplined enough. And I think that's been our biggest, biggest downfall. Because like with, with anything, if the scoreboard ticks and your momentum goes, your self-belief starts kicking in. And that's all we need again is self-belief. And, and boring or not... Something has to happen because we can't keep on losing. That is the problem. Yes. Uh, can't. Uh. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. Now I want to put you on the spot. Oh, you did that last week and I was wrong. Yeah, completely <laughs> wrong. Ah, prediction for this weekend. Eugene? I'm going to go with the stats. So. <laughs> You're going to go with the stats. What is a 36 percent stat? Uh, what does the stats say? 20, 26, 20. 26, 20. You're not far box. off, huh? For the, the box. Yeah, for the box. <laughs> 26, 20, New Zealand. Sorry. 26, 20 for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong. Can I can I tell you the stat quickly? Over 99 games, the average score. 21-16 in favour of New Zealand. Yeah, that's yeah, close. close. <laughs> it shows you it's one, one score. Yeah, so see. Can, <laughs> can happen. Can happen. <laughs> Mark, yours? Yeah, last week I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, to, I think if you're a betting man, yeah. bet on the box because you're going to make money. Um, <laughs> you know, it sounds bad, but that's how it is. Um, look, the way, unfortunately, is like that. The way we've been playing, I think the the most diehard rugby supporter, let alone Springbok supporter, won't give us a chance. Um, but there's always that one game. And, uh, you know, one's blood is green, so oh, it's going to be difficult. Um, I don't want to give, give New Zealand a point either, because if they get an extra long point... It would be nice if we if we could beat them and not give them a log point because then going into the next game would be like a final to win the championship. Yeah. But um, I'll go I'll go close to Eugene because mm. um, I also think we'll be in the in the seven points. Um, yeah, I think more like yeah, twenty five eighteen or something. Twenty five eighteen for the box. Walker. Hey. <laughs> No, Check I have to back way. the box. <laughs> you have to back the box. Uh, no, look, it's going to be difficult. And, and it would probably... I'm going to bet. Wait. <laughs> You're going to bet. You're going to bet on the box. Put your money. Put your money. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, I'll also go for Cash the box. is going to go draw. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take the stat here and I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to say 21-16 South Africa just for the hell of it. How's that? That's not fair because you need to believe it. Huh? No, <laughs> you guys believe it. I'm I'm here. I'm just. No, look, whichever, whichever way. I mean, I, way. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say it will be a miracle or whatever, um, <laughs> but it's going to be a massive mountain to climb for the box, I think. Yes. But having said that, as I said, uh, New Zealand themselves, I mean, they've, they've spoken about the 100th test, 100th test, 100th, everyone is talking about the 100th test. Yeah. Um, regardless of where you are and how down you are, I think like stats talk to you when you go to Australia from a South African point of view, you know you're up against it. I think just the pressure of both sides now. I mean, South Africa's got extra pressure in the sense that we haven't played well. New Zealand have pressure. If they lose against the box, they have been playing poorly. How bad are they not? Um, and how just by luck they beat they beat Australia like that. And then because, I mean, the other rumour now is if we couldn't beat Australia, how bad are the British and the Irish Lions? You know, so everything comes into that specific <laughs> equation, unfortunately. Um, and I just think the 100th test is, is pressure on itself because the 100th test is something that you would pride yourself on. And I think it's going to be a lot closer than the past six games have shown whether South Africa have played Australia and Argentina and New Zealand have played the same two. These two are going to be a lot closer. But yeah, May, May, Jacques Ninaba and the Springbok silence their critics and make us proud and take lead from the Springbok Sevens and make the South Mike, Africa Mike Greenaway proud. from the Mercury has said this last two weeks that the box has got this, this habit of getting themselves um, into a corner, back against the wall, and then they want to perform. And I think this is one of those, those scenarios where they're back against the wall and, and they might just perform and come uh, out. Let's hope. Look, in theory, as I said, I mean, it's highly unlikely that we'll beat the New Zealanders two games on the trot and not let them get bonus points. I think we are in a position now where we've, where we've maybe said, okay, it's fine, we've technically lost the rugby championships, although we've still got an outside chance. I just think from a South African point of view, we would sooner lose the rugby championships but beat the New Zealanders in the next two games. Yes. Um, yes. And that in itself will put us back. If we beat them... and. Uh, Another thing that we haven't alluded to in this in this uh, chat show tonight was the fact that we were five or six points ahead of New Zealand in the world rankings. Yeah. New Zealand have now passed us in yes. the world rankings. They now world number, number one. Yeah. So there's more to play in the next two test matches against them than, yeah. than just the just normal the test rugby. Yeah. So if, if South Africa managed to beat them again next week or this coming week, and then we're back to world number one. Um, so it's all to play for, you know, and it and I think it neutralizes the playing field a little bit, um, although we're still going to be up against it. I think the, the, the pressure is definitely on South Africa. Thank you. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Eugene, thank you for chatting to us tonight. Um, appreciate your time and uh, very nice listening to, to your thoughts and, and the way you see the game. Only a pleasure. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. It's, uh, it was insightful and it was enjoyable. Thank you very much. Thank That's you. That's nice to you. And I just want to also say it's, it's, it's nice chatting to, uh, sorry that I'm saying an older member, but uh, <laughs> an, older, <laughs> an older provincial member um, <laughs> from the, the amateur days, if I can call it that. Um, we've, had, we've been fortunate enough to have a few provincial coaches and, and 
the odd player and whatever chatting to us in studio. But it's nice to hear an old stalwart like yourself and with a passion and whatever, talking about years gone by um, and where you see South African rugby and going. Because I think if we lose our history like this, yes. uh, we can just as well give up. Because South Africa doesn't matter where you are in the world, but we South Africans. So South Africans are passionate about rugby. Um, we want to make a success of that. And our traditions are in there. So um, just for you as well, thanks for agreeing to, to joining us in studio. We'll definitely push on your button again. And then more importantly, when you come down to, to Durban, um, one day um, feel free to, to join us at the club. We'll definitely send the invites. Yes. And then, as you say, you're a staunch coach. Uh, we'll throw you into the deep in that side and you can do a session here by us as well. So it will be great. 100%. But thank you for what you guys are doing for club rugby. Uh, I think it goes unseen and, and we need... To, to lift club rugby and I think by lifting club rugby you're going to get more guys involved in, in, in rugby and that creates a bigger pool uh, to make South African rugby successful. Thanks Eugene. Thank Appreciate you. It. And Eugene I just yeah. want to say um, send my regards to your lovely wife. Um, I know she's the <laughs> backbone behind behind what you do. Yeah, she's behind Mr. She is indeed. She is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Have a good evening. You Damn, too. Thanks, thank you. Eugene. Cheers, thanks, bye. Thanks, bye. Mark. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Nice being in studio. And shish, what a what a nice chat tonight. That was really enjoyable. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, discussing something with a with an older statesman. Um, and then yeah, may the, the 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 rugby gods shine on the Springboks this weekend. Let's and hope. on the sevens, uh, by the way, they and on, the, on the next tour. So on the next tour. Thanks a lot, and uh, have a good week. Thank you very much, Mark. From Touchline, thank you for tuning in, and have a great rugby week.